0: Podcast, CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Today is Tuesday, June 25th, which means a couple of things. One, I'm back from vacation. Yay! That to recharges your batteries like drinking 12 beers a day with your brother-in-law. Brothers-in-law. Um, two, tomorrow's my birthday. How exciting. You can tweet me, Happy birthday wishes at Will Brinson or on Instagram at Will Brinson. Or you just ignore me. I don't care either way. Whatever's fine. Um, And three, it means that football is right around the corner. Do you know what else is right around the corner? The World Series of Poker. It's the 50th year of the most popular poker tournament in the world. And you can have a front row seat to the bracelet events with CBS All Access. We've taken over the television, streaming, whatever you want to call it. You want to watch World Series of Poker? I mean, I love watching it. You got to watch it on CBS All Access starting now until July sixteenth. You can live stream the final tables of thirty-three of the World Series of World Series of Poker bracelet events, including. 25 events that you can't watch anywhere else. The bracelet events include the 100K High Roller and 100K Six Max, where there's going to be a showdown of some of the biggest names in the game. The stakes are high. The tension is palpable. And the winnings are huge. You can watch all the events online or through the CBS app. Just visit cbs.com slash poker or download the CBS app on your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, or Apple TV. You can get a free trial, so start today and don't miss any action. Um as I mentioned, I missed a little bit of action, so a couple of notes. We'll get some news, and then we're going to talk to Brooke Pryor of the Kansas City Star about the Kansas City Chiefs. Good timing, a lot of Chiefs stuff in the news. Um, very interesting team, I think. We covered the the Chiefs in the ASU West earlier, but I think I think it'll be fun to talk to Brooke about what what's sort of going on and what the expectations are. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute after the break. Um, for now, I would like to point out that uh, everyone who left a mailbag question, thank you. Those are fun shows. We really enjoyed doing them. We got a lot of positive feedback on them. Uh you know, we recorded two of them. One uh that aired yesterday, Monday, June 24th, and one that aired Monday, June 17th. And uh if you haven't listened, you should go check them out. Uh, we debate who would win in a boxing match between the Super Friends. If you want to keep leaving five-star questions in the, in the reviews, we'll we'll store them up and we'll answer them at some point in time. We may do another mailbag or two. Over the next, like, couple of weeks, just to kind of push through this, this, uh, content void time. If you didn't like a particular show, a spe- like, if you don't like a particular show, it's, it's fine. I get it. Like, not, it's, it's five days a week. Not every show is going to be perfect. Not every show is going to fit with what the listener wants, um, with every listener. But if you, if you didn't like, you know, if you, if you didn't like one of the shows that, that aired while I was gone, don't go on iTunes and leave a one-star review and be like, I didn't like the Pete Prisco Brady Quinn show. Cause that's fine. I mean, like, I'm sure plenty of people don't like Pete Prisco Brady Quinn combined and when they're screaming about the top 100, just, you know, delete the app and move on. Cause if you listen to the podcast regularly and you don't like one show that happens while the regular host is gone and then you leave a one-star review, you're hurting everybody because it sinks the, it you know, makes the podcast look bad, makes Pete, you know Pete's feelings get hurt. Um, hurts us on iTunes and all, or Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, right now. Um, so don't do that. If you don't like me and you think I'm uh like somebody left a review clowning me, that's fine. I mean, I do the show every day. Leave a one star review and say you don't like me and say that I'm a blowhard and a and a bro. Whatever, <laughs> like just trying to bro out. Not like uh, I think he said Mark Sessor on NFL. <laughs> he spelled it wrong. Whatever. The case. You, you get the point. You don't need. To leave a one-star review if you don't like a, a show that that occurs while the primary host is gone, you, that that makes sense, right? I, I don't care if it's a one-star critical review of me, but don't do it of Pete and Pete and Brady just because th- that's once once a year, man. Come on, help a brother out. Some news around the NFL, and then we'll get to Brooke Pryor. Uh, Odell Beckham said he can't reach his full he couldn't reach his full potential with the Giants in an interview with Complex. He said, I just felt with the Giants, I was just stuck in a place that wasn't working for me anymore. I felt like I wasn't going to be able to reach my full potential there mentally, physically, spiritually. Everything I felt capable of doing, I just couldn't see it happening there. So I think allowing me to be in an environment where I can be myself and give it a different approach, I feel like my football will benefit. I'm just excited about being able to play football again and not have to deal with all the other stuff in politics that came with my previous role. Um, I think by politics, he just means like office politics or the general – uh, surroundings of the New York football scene. It is a huge pain. It is a different uh, set of circumstances. Like, look at what the Giants are far less interesting. Like, the the Giants are at the, the nadir of their interest level in terms of people caring about them because they're a bad football team. They have Eli Manning. They're not starting Daniel Jones. I mean, there, there's a little buzz about that, and Pat Shermer opened the door. We talked about that uh, last week. Um, but, like, the Giants are not peak interest, right? The Browns are peak interest, and I would still say that the Giants are getting more headlines than the Browns. Now, granted, the Browns are getting a lot more attention than they normally would, but I mean, by and large, you know, you're talking about a situation where the Giants are one of the most talked about teams in football, and the Browns are right there with them. But you see, I'm saying like it shouldn't it shouldn't be even right now because the Giants are terrible and the Browns are supposed to be good. The Browns are a top five team in terms of Super Bowl odds. The Giants are the fourth. Best team in their division, according to Vegas. So, it, I get what Adele Beckham is saying. Um, he did previously say that mentally, physically, spiritually, he was in a great spot with the Giants. Um, and then they decided to, to pay him, make him the highest paid wide receiver in football. I don't know. I, I, I look. It, I get it. New York was not a good place for him. He didn't see eye to eye with the front office and with ownership. You know, you drafted him in the first round. He was a, he's been one of the best receivers in football. That's what you get when you get a Diva wide receiver. And if the Browns come out to a 1-4 and four start, Odell Beckham's probably not going to be like, eh, "It's fine, don't worry about it, guys, I'm perfectly happy here losing football games. He's going to shoulder a ton of blame, people are going to point in his direction, and he's going to get mad. So it's really all about winning. If you're winning, everything's fine. If you're winning, you can go on boat trips uh, before playoff games until you lose them. If you win, nobody cares about It's like, Man, Odell Beckham's got to go on the boat trip the next time. It, it, it's really just about winning and losing. And the Giants have been losing for a while, and the Giants have a... Crappy quarterback and Odell Beckham, um, is not over the whole Giants thing. He did tweet, no point in arguing. I've moved on. Uh, yeah. Suffice to say he has not moved on. We'll be talking about Odell Beckham plenty more this offseason. Jalen Ramsey took the opposite approach, uh, this year when it comes to quarterbacks. He went on Adam, the Adam Schefter podcast. And, um, you remember last year he blitzkrieged every quarterback in, in, in the NFL into oblivion. He called Josh Allen trash. He blasted Joe Flacco. I mean, he he ripped anyone he could find, except for Blake Bortles, who's like a, he's our quarterback man. He's just a guy who knows how to win. Um, and now he took a a different approach and said, "I'm not going to do this again." But we do play some good quarterbacks this year, of course. But probably the quarterback I'm most excited for is Nick Foles. I don't have to play against him, of course. He is my teammate. I'm growing, man. It's year four for me. It's a different me. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people think they know me. They don't really know me, but hey, that's okay. This, this is smart. Don't like. See, here is the problem, and we talked about this with Mary Kay Cabot, and I think maybe with Nancy Irland too. Last two weeks ago, like Odell Beckham is not saying anything bad about the Giants. He's he's pointing it at him and just saying he couldn't reach his full potential. But because he continues to talk about the Giants, it's just a bad look. Like, you could just say, I'm not going to talk about the Giants. Just just pass on it and talk about something else. Jalen Ramsey, on the other hand, has decided learned his lesson from last year and realized that he was made a target and that all of a sudden, you know, quarterbacks and offenses were looking at him because he was saying these things. We were all looking at him, wondering, all right, how's this guy going to play? If you don't rip the quarterbacks, nobody's going to talk about you. And that's smart when you're trying to get paid. And Jalen Ramsey's trying to get paid. He wants a new contract from the Jaguars. They said they're probably not going to give it to him this offseason. That's fine. I think he will be supremely motivated to go out there and play really well and get paid a ton of money next year. Um what do you say? The Dion thing about backing up a Brakes truck. This is this is uh improvement from last year. And I don't even think last year when when he did that article with Mina Kimes, he was who joined the podcast shortly thereafter. I don't think he was trying to become the center of attention. I think he just sort of Babbled on, but he, yeah, you know, he took a. This is this is what you want from him. I I don't believe in the Jaguars. I took the under, but I can understand why people sort of get behind Jacksonville. I mean, like I can understand why you think that the offense might take a step with Nick Foles and uh, you know, a better Leonard Fournette and and why the ja- why the defense should come back and and be better this year than it was last year. I get it. Uh, Sony Michelle is progressing and he's working at the TB12 facility. I read about this. Um. I called it controversial. It is controversial. I don't know if, pay, pay, don't get mad at me, Patriots fans. It, it, when, when, when Tom Brady's being asked about his trainer and it's being called, and he's having to say, that's ridiculous that you would question my trainer, Alex Guerrero, because Joey Nettleman got suspended for four games for PEDs after coming back from an ACL surgery really quickly and then, um, you know, testing positive. Like that's ridiculous after training with Alex Guerrero. No, it's not ridiculous. It's connecting the dots, Tom. And, uh, Sony Michelle, who's had, uh, Knee injuries and back-to-back seasons, or knee surgeries and back-to-back seasons. Excuse me, uh, is working uh, a lot, according to Mike Girardi of uh, the NFL Network, with uh, Alex Guerrero in the TB12 facility. Lots of Patriots players do it, so it's not surprising. Just saying, just keep it in the back of your head. Now, if he gets if he gets healthy and he gets ready for the season, good for them. That's uh, that's that's good for uh, that's good for Alex Guerrero, good for Bill Belichick, good for Josh McDaniels, good for Tom Brady. Fortunately, the Patriots went out and drafted Damian Harris out of Alabama, so they have a secondary SEC workhorse that they can lean on. It it is very, very clear to me, at least, maybe I'm wrong, but I I don't think I am, that the Patriots are going to be a run-heavy team that slows down games and pounds softer defenses in an age where we see nickel and and, and, you know six-man defensive fronts. I saw Aaron Schatz tweet out that... um, You know, football outsiders might change front seven to front six this year, which is really interesting, right? Like, you know, cause typically you have, you know, three linebackers and four defensive linemen or, you know, three, three linemen and four linebackers. And now the, the conceit is really that it should be the defensive front six. Kind of interesting. We're going to talk some Chiefs. They'll play the Patriots, uh, with our guest, Brooke Pryor coming up after the break. All right, as promised, joining the show now, good friend of the program, Brooke Pryor, the Kansas City Star. Brooke, what's going on? Oh, not
1: too much. Just trying to enjoy whatever off season we actually get. Is that still a thing? Do we get off seasons in the NFL?
0: Uh, we do not. We do not get NFL off seasons. Um, you don't because you you've got a uh, a Tyreek Hill situation unfolding. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, <laughs> But you're actually you're actually hanging out in the uh the North Carolina mountains trying to soak in some off season. How uh how you're you're from uh Winston-Salem originally. I'm from I people there're enough like North Carolina people who listen to the show so they'll they'll get it. But um how much North Carolina time do you get uh in the off season and what is what are your like top 3 priorities when you're back home? Oh my gosh.
1: So well, my- uh, if you follow me on social media or just talk to me in real life, you know, that, like, I love Bojangles, which is funny because I was my first Supreme until I was in college. Mm. Uh, or my first Cajun, which I'm making up for lost time. Um, I've been in North Carolina since last Wednesday. So I've I've been here for about a week. I'll be tomorrow. I'm currently looking out. um, I'm at my parents' play on a lake. I'm looking at some mountains. It's very green. Um, let me see my other two priorities. I mean, really, it's just bojangles, bojangles, bojangles. Cookout, also. It's all food based. It's everything that I can't get in Kansas City. So I just eat terribly for like a week. And then I go back and like hit the gym really hard uh, and pretend that none of that happened, that I didn't just like think I'd work
0: towards. Well, yeah, I was du- I was du- uh, in a week. I was down at Wrightsville for a week, and I was like, I'm going to eat healthy while I'm on vacation. And then, like, you know, 12 days in, I'm slamming trolley stop on every you know at every turn, and um, <laughs> and and drinking like a bunch of IPAs with my brother-in-law at me. so, I mean, like, yeah, it's it's a whole. It's, it's not, you just gotta, you just gotta let, you gotta, you gotta let it go for a week and then, and then try and figure it out. As you like, get ready for training camp, right? It's just like the, it's like the real football, Yeah, it's like the real football cycle. So that's, that's the plan. Um, mentioned Tyreek Hill. He's, uh, he, where are we at on this Tyreek Hill thing? Because I know that he's gonna, you know, he's, I, I, I mean, I think he's, basically been cleared by the courts, but clearly the NFL is going to take some sort of stance on this. Um, I would anticipate, I mean, if I had to guess right now, my take would be that he gets a six game suspension from the NFL um, because they don't want a, a repeat of the Ray Rice situation where video pops up and they are, you know, uh, crushed publicly for it. It's too easy of a layup for them considering there's a child involved. Um, but it does feel like he, he, at this point he might, more than likely play this year right yeah i mean that's kind of what it seems to be trending towards so the nfl uh,
1: i've been in the city this week i'm going to be in kansas city this week tyree reversal from what they said earlier because the the child welfare case so his there's kind of two things going on right now there's the criminal case through johnson county the D.A. has said the case is not reopened. They're not currently pursuing charges against Tyreek Hill or his fiancée, Crystal Espinall. At the same time, there's also a case working through uh, the Child Welfare Court um, right now know that, that, that Tyreek is not with them. He's been placed um, with a close friend. Um, the case working through the Child Welfare system that they'll continue to be involved in Tyreek and and Crystal's lab, to figure out whether or not the, the child can be placed back in their home. And so initially, Roger Goodell said a couple months ago that they were not going to interfere with that case as it threw with the child welfare case and seemed to say that, he, that they couldn't talk to him because this case was going on. Well, now they're saying, nope, we're in Kansas City this week and we're going to have this conversation. So this could kind of change the timeline of, because initially it sounded like they, they couldn't talk until the case is over. And these cases could drag out six months, a year, depending on how quickly the parents kind of do the things that they need to do to get the child back or, or the courts decide that the child can't come back. Um, so they've changed their dance on this. And it seems like we may be patient as far as the NFL goes because they're coming to talk to him now, um, and I kind of think, yeah, he's going to play this week. I think the Chiefs believe that they're going to have him, um, which he's been suspended since April um, when the audio came out. But it's trending toward him eventually being back with the team in the next month or two. Um, I think a six games is about where it, where it seems like it could end up being even less. I don't think it's going to be any more of enough things that have kind of been introduced that have doubt on who exactly what what exactly happened um at least as far as the legal proceedings go and, and the official findings
0: yeah it's i mean it's pretty wild because it, it did seem like given how the kareem hunt stuff went down and how the chiefs cut ties with him and I get it, it's a different player he's a running you know like he's a running back but they're you know both guys on, on rookie contracts um both you know Clearly, uh, big time players in terms of that offense. And, you know, they, they, they just, they, they shuttered him immediately. They didn't, they didn't even think about it after that video came out. And, and they sort of ridden things out with Tyreek. He's a different player for the offense. I, there's no question about it in football. I, like, I, I get it. Football shouldn't matter in this case, but it, it does matter. That's just how teams approach these things. Um, they are worried about their team winning and their, and their offense being good. And, um, I, it is interesting just because it, it felt like, A month ago, there's no chance this guy's going to play in 2019, especially for the Chiefs, and now it does feel like, to me, it's just a matter of whether the NFL decides to suspend him or not. I I do think it makes sense, if you're the NFL, that you have to go and talk to him, that you have to go and work something out, that you have to go and make a decision – and 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 put down either either suspend him or don't suspend him, but you got to do it before the season starts because you can't have him out there in week one and everybody asking questions for the first you know three months of the season you're like, well, the case is ongoing like that that's just not going to fly uh in, in the court of public opinion and so from that perspective to me it, it absolutely makes sense um if if he does miss time and let's say he misses let's just go with six games as as not as anything we're reporting here but just an educated guess how, how much do you think that affects Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on the field
1: yeah you know I think that it is it's significant um, especially early on because the guys that have been drafted to replace him or at least kind of be that that there um, while he's suspended or whatever is Meikle Guy is going to be really talented but he's also to learn this super complex playbook I mean Andy Reid is is known for just having these crazy schemes and and a really just, you know, a little bit of everything in his offense. And so he's trying to learn this during the summer. Um, he's not quite as fast as Tyreek, but his he has a similar skill set. So he'll be good, but, you know, will he be good in the first six games in the way that, that Tyreek could have that? I don't think he would be able to match Tyreek Hill's production. And then you look at the rest of the wide receiving core. And honestly, it was kind of alarming looking during, or during many camp at just how depleted it is and how different that group looks. Not only, you know, you're missing Tyreek Hill. They let Chris Conley walk in free agency. So their top receiver right now is Demarcus Robinson. He's good, but he has kind of just been a role player the last couple of years. Um, and he had some good moments. But he has a vision that he would be in if Tyreek Hill is missing time at the beginning of the year. Uh, you've also got Sammy Watkins. He should also be kind of a wide receiver one, but he's had injury issues and Sammy's coming into the season's belt, well. you know, the same kind of song and dance that a lot of players say going into a season. Um, But I think that we really need to see something to to show that the Chiefs aren't going to have a major drop-off with Tyreek not there. And right now looking at this group, I mean, so we've got Demarcus, Sammy Watkins, Miko Hardman, Byron Pringle, a guy that was injured last year, um, in the preseason didn't so he wasn't playing rookie last year udfa i think that he could be talented um he would round out the receiving eater. so it's just you know you yeah you have the nfl mvp but you really need a strong receiving core around him to let him do what he's really good at doing and right now i don't know how great i would feel about the offense being able to match or come close to matching what it was able to do last year when they had all the pieces.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Is like if Tyreek Hill is suspended for you know six games, half a season, whatever it is, and then Sammy Watkins get hurt, gets hurt, all of a sudden like Miko Hardman and Pringle are your are your, like one and two, and Demarcus Robinson and you know, it's just it's just not that deep of a receiving core. I trust Andy Reid to get it done. Uh but you know, they're also you know, Kareem Hunt's not gonna be there. Damian Williams is great. And they added Carlos Hyde and that's fine. But I mean, you know, this is not, you know, and Travis Kelsey coming off an injury. I mean, what do you think a realistic expectation for Patrick Mahomes is this year? Because a a lot of people, myself included, think that there's a good chance for some statistical regression, mainly, but just, you know, because that's how that works when you have 50 touchdowns and 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 5,000 passing yards. You never see anybody repeat those numbers. I've heard, um, Hey, Peter Schrager said it somewhere. Um, and Maybe it was on like around the NFL podcast or something like that. I heard it in the last week. But Peter Schrager of NFL Network said he thinks that he's been told by people that, that they're expecting the offense to be better and Mahomes to like maybe put up better stats. I mean, how, how realistic is is that concept that Mahomes could improve statistically?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that that's very realistic. I mean, <laughs> A, matching the stats that he had last year is an insane task in and of itself. But trying to match it with with, while you're missing guys, I mean, I think the touchdown time, so even two games, that's still a good chunk of touchdowns and, and yards that I don't think that he would come up with. You, you have an A plus quarterback, but when the rest of your receiving core is covering uh, at about a Venus right now, depending on injuries, um, that's really going to make your stats take a hit. And like you said, they have guys, but they don't have kind of elite level, uh, you know that was the thing that we were talking about last year, over in the season. Is look at they've got you know Kareem Hunt, Tyreek, all of these guys. When they're clicking on all cylinders, it's it's hard to stop that offense. It's a lot easier to cover up Demarcus Robinson, cover up Tyree. Um, and then you look at you know me trying to step in and kind of fill the role. But right now he can't even remember to keep running through. I know he saw the ball get thrown just in minicamp. And that's something he's obviously going to get better at, but there's going to be a learning curve, I think, with this offense that we didn't necessarily last year. So while I think there's going to be a lot of the offense trying to keep up with, with Mahomes' talent, and Andy, the coach that you want in this situation, because he's going to be able to, to come up with workarounds and, and schemes that's going to, that will fit his guys, but I just don't think we're going to see 50 and, and 5,000 maybe i don't know 40 and four thousand. i i don't know it's still I just a very good season I, I think that there is going to be the, right exactly lots of quarterback lots of teams would love to have their quarterbacks put up those numbers um but i i think that we are going to see a little bit of of a, a downtick in, in what he's able to do just given the cast around him
0: uh what what's your uh what's your confidence level in this defense because it's wasn't very good last year. It was better maybe than the numbers indicated, like the advanced stats, you know, get leaned a little bit towards Kansas City over some other trash defenses uh like the Bengals, Raiders, Falcons. But I mean, by and large a very bad defense. It couldn't stop the run. Uh, clearly got run over in in the AFC Championship game and um you know, didn't get the ball in overtime. We all we all know about that. Do you think there's a chance that the way that they've reworked things, adding Frank Clark, um, you know, moving some guys around. Is, is there any chance this defense is good? And, and what should we expect it to look like? And, and what sort of features do you think the defense will have?
1: Yeah, look, I think this defense is going to be a lot better than it was last year. Mm-hmm. I also think it's going to take some time to have that show up during the regular season. You know, Tyron Matthews said, hey, look, like we're in a learning process right now. It could even take through the first four games for this defense to really look like it's full form and, and what it's meant to look like. I think he's absolutely right. Um, I think that they addressed a lot of the problem and last year, the safety group, when they like, oh, yeah, throughout the season. Um, and now this year, it's kind of the strength of the team, um, or the strength of the defense, at least, um, with Tyron Matthew, and then they drafted Juan Thornhill. He looks really good. Dan Sorensen, um, borderline to make the roster. Uh, but the DBs as a whole – just look so much better and there's so much more depth there than there was previously. Um, Like you mentioned, they've got Frank Clark. Um, I think Alex Okafor is going to be a really important guy because if he isn't level as the rest of the guys, it's going to just shut down Frank Clark. Um, You don't have to worry about Okafor, so he's going to have to hold up um, that side of the line. But I think that, that this defense is going to look similar to some of Spag's other defenses. There's going to be a really strong defensive line they're going to you know have a lot of um rotation subs that just keep coming at you you know big guys like Derek Nottie um Colin Saunders um uh Xavier Williams and I think it's just going to be a relentless front um I think this defense is going I I mean it can't get any worse than last year so even though they did make some some moves that were a little eyebrow raising and you know letting D Ford go or trading D Ford uh, you know, getting rid of guys like Eric Berry and Justin Houston. There's been a ton of turnover. But I think that the moves that they made, with the, thought, you know, hey, like, it's not going to get any worse. And we need a, we need just something fresh. We need new leadership. We need a new idea. And so in bringing in Spagnolo and, and D-line coach, Brendan Daly, linebackers coach Matt House, um, then you bring in Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark. You've got new leaders. You've got a lot of energy. I mean, it was funny at minicamp, you've got the NFL MVP on one side of the field and then this defense on the other side, this brand new defense, just first kind of taking form. It felt like almost out of the field watching the defense. I know that's where I was. Hmm. Um, and like I said, have got Patrick Mahomes over there working, you know, trying to figure out these receivers, figure out this offense. And it felt like most of the attention and most of the energy was coming from the defensive side of the ball. Um, and I think that it's going to continue to kind of be that way through training camp as we just kind of have it um, just kind of shaping into what it's going to end up being.
0: Interesting. Do you think Chris Jones gets paid before uh, this offseason?
1: I think it may go into training camp a bit. The Chiefs seem to have drawn a line saying, hey, we're not going to negotiate with you until you're here. And he's like, well, I'm not going to come here until I know. That that makes things a little tricky. (laughs) Um, I think that that he will – I don't think it's going to last very long. But at this point, I'm not worried. The fact that they haven't reached a deal, the uh, part right now, I get the sense that Chris Jones is looking at, you know, wanting about 20 million. Chiefs are probably somewhere closer between 10. Um, so they've got to obviously come to an understanding there. But I think that he won't miss much time. Um, but i think it's going to be one of those things that. In addition to the Tyree Kill stuff, Chris Jones is going to keep me up at night, just <laughs> waiting and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, so we main resolution that until late July. All
0: right. Uh, I'll get you out of here on this. What uh, what barbecue is better, Kansas City barbecue or North Carolina barbecue? Oh, my gosh. I think
1: you're just trying to make everybody hate me. Uh,
0: <laughs> really, so Pretty much. This is where <laughs> <they're>,
1: they, bo- <laughs> they both have. Their are <laughs> I loved Kansas City barbecue. You can't get her the brisket ribbons in Kansas City, but I served North Carolina barbecue at my wedding. Mm. Uh, and it's, I'm Lexington style all the way. Um, but I think our barbecue at the wedding was more Eastern North Carolina because it was kind of spicy. We probably should have given out Tums and like the goodie bags. <laughs> uh, so sorry, everyone. But I, mm, if you put down both in front of me, I'm probably going North Carolina because, I mean, I'm from here, born and raised. My parents lived in Lexington for a while. Uh, North Carolina so the same mac and cheese and fried okra and pulled pork, mm. and that's like my dream meal.
0: That is that is a very good meal. All right, I'm with you. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's like born out of loyalty. Like Kansas City's gonna be tossing up some burnt ends and like. Just crazy brisket. I'm like, no, 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 give me that pulled pork sandwich. It's, uh, it's much better than, <laughs> than, than that, than that huge chunk of meat slathered in, uh, slathered in barbecue sauce. Uh, I recommend, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, the, uh, redneck barbecue lab, you know about that in, uh, in Benson, North Carolina? Yeah, no. yeah, it's off of 40 in between Raleigh and, uh, and Benson. And it's like, it's next to a, it's like, I mean, it's high level barbecue but it's 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 next to um a bp off an exit ramp but they do cater and sometimes they'll they'll cater and they'll do like tailgates and stuff they also have they have a brisket mm-hmm. mac they have a brisket mac and cheese that is out of this world yeah uh my wife and i got it on uh Ooh. on saturday so i highly recommend it if anybody is in the in the area driving down to the to Wrightsville beach or um you know get into the tailgates at nc state games or carolina games maybe even if you want it so uh so check, check that Nobody out.
1: tailgates Carolina games. Right, it's
0: right, fun. That's It wasn't, it wasn't in Carolina, it's, all, it's just, yeah, it's like nobody's, there you can't tailgate. <laughs> like you just, it's like, you're, you're not, it's okay
1: if you forget about the Carolina tailgates. They're yeah, not, yeah, they're yeah. Not, not quite as, that hurts me to say. You're just but, hanging,
0: you're hanging out in a parking deck sure. like chugging natty light is a Carolina tailgate. Uh, Alright, Brooke Pryor the Kansas City Star. I mean, City you gotta Star. do what you gotta do. <laughs> that, 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 nothing. I like chugging uh, navy lights in a parking deck. Uh, Brooke, <laughs> Brooke Pryor of the Kansas City Star, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your vacation and uh, get ready for training camp. It's coming up soon.
1: Thanks for having me on.